This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Jesus says in today's gospel, love one another. That sounds straightforward enough, doesn't it? But if we think about it, it gets confusing very quickly. If most of us were honest, we might admit that Jesus's commandment to love one another is really overwhelming. It's an ideal, but it's unobtainable for most of us, right? In my own life, I realize the impossibility of these words when I'm honest enough to admit that in truth, I don't always love everyone because I don't always like everyone. Some people are difficult. And yet I have those words of Jesus in my head that I should love. And without really thinking more about what love means, I feel burdened and unworthy by the reality of just how far I am from the goal of living a Christian life. We can all feel a bit unworthy if we read about those first Christians with a kind of stained glass lens. We can read how the earliest Christians were known by the love they showed for each other. And yet, when we look around at our own church or denomination or the fragmented state of Christianity, we notice that we don't always love very well at all. And how many Christians are really noticed for being loving. I recall the wonderful honesty of a former parishioner who would say sometimes, I know Jesus tells me to love my neighbor, but sometimes I just have to do that from across the street. And while she meant that as a kind of confession, um, she was actually naming a kind of love that really has just as much integrity as other kinds of love. Part of our problem is that the English language just doesn't give us many words to reflect on the different kinds of love. Especially in the Gospel of John, there are different words to talk about different loves. There's the Greek word storge, which refers to the love that is really a kind of affection for someone. There is philia, as in Philadelphia, the kind of love one has for a friend. There is eros, not so much erotic in the way our culture thinks of it, but, but eros as a romantic love that involves feeling and romance and a kind of longing. And then there's the love John talks about, especially for Christians and the church, the love of agape. In other words, Jesus doesn't call us all to feel eros toward everyone we meet. We're not created for nor expected to film warm fuzzies every time we encounter someone. Jesus does call us, he, he commands us, in fact, to love one another. But he commands us to love with agape love. Agape love describes an attitude. This agape love has to do with a willingness to yield to the other, a kind of availability for others. In full expression, in the life of Christ, it has to do with giving one's life in sacrifice for another. Agape seeks to serve others and moves us out of ourselves into the place of other people. Quite honestly, whether we really like them or not, 
Agape, love, is powerful stuff because it begins with God, not with a good feeling that I might have on a good day. It begins with the fact that God gave God's self to the world. God's love has come into the world to live with humanity in the work and person of Jesus Christ. And that love of his has been let loose in the world, making it possible for that same love to move through us if we allow it. This is the love of God moving through us, and it has nothing to do with how nice I am or how holy I am or even how good I might be. It is the pure and perfect love of God flowing through, sometimes in spite of ourselves. Agape love doesn't even defend, depend on the object of its loving power. This kind of love loves the other person not because they are worthy or good, or in any way inspire love, but simply because it is the nature of God's love to love. And that unloving person, by the grace of God's love, can eventually be loved into being loving. In C.S. Lewis's little book, The Four Loves, Lewis quotes Ralph Waldo Emerson, pointing out that when someone says, do you love me, they're really asking, do you see the same truth or at least do care about the things I care about. This is a good day to think about love and its many forms. This day that so many of us celebrate as Mother's Day, um, it may be that, that many of us have enjoyed good and loving relationships with our mothers, and so today is a, is a natural and easy day. But others, we know, have a more complicated relationship, and the, the day shares in those complications. Some perhaps have never felt love from their mother, the love that they've wanted or or thought they needed, and others perhaps have lost a mother in the previous year. But just as a a mother's love might be multi-leveled and complex, and our love for a mother might be complicated at times, we are all of us called to be people of Christ's love. The love of Christ is not a kiss to be caught, but rather a willingness to look beyond the self for a truth that can be shared with others. To love one another means to give of ourselves, our money, our talents, our minds, our hearts, to give to others so that they may be loved into loving. This is how we will be saved. This is how the world will be saved. Thanks be to God for the love of Jesus Christ that moves through us, that changes us, and that brings us to God. Let us pray. O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The choir sings a setting of Psalm 98, Cantate Domino, by the 16th century composer Hans Leo Hassler. O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the whole earth.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.